Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. For the first time in Ireland, we're set to legislate against hate crime and the Justice Minister is proposing a series of new offences which would mean harsher sentences for those convicted. Now, the legislation would apply to crimes against someone based on their race, colour, nationality, religion or ethnic background, including traveller ethnicity, and crimes committed because of someone's sexual orientation, gender or whatever gender they feel, or disability would also fall under the new laws. Justice Minister Helen McEntee says hate crimes tell the victim that they are not safe simply because of who they are. They send the disgusting messages to victims that they and people like them are somehow lesser than the rest of us. These crimes are motivated by prejudice. They make victims feel afraid for their future, their friends and their families. They lead to divided society where whole communities can feel unsafe and angry. We must get tough and show victims that we will recognise the true harm of these crimes. And perpetrators will know that we are determined to stamp out prejudice justice or prejudice and hate. Now the new bill updates the 1989 Prohibition of Incitement to Hatred Act uh, with the inclusion of gender including gender expression or identity and disability and to ensure traveller ethnicity is recognised in the main definitions in the new law on the same basis as other ethnicities. And I want to know today what you think. Do you believe these laws are a good thing or as some people have suggested over the last few days, particularly when we talked about them, do you believe these laws may go too far? Some people have said that these are an attack on free speech and who defines what's hate speech? One person's opinion could be another person's offence or hate speech. And I want to get your thoughts on this today. And let me know what you think. And uh, the number is 087-188-0008. Do you believe these laws go too far? Or maybe you believe they don't go far enough? Maybe you're part of a minority group. Maybe you are um, you gender express or maybe you are uh, gay or maybe you're a traveller or maybe you are uh, part of another minority. Do you believe these laws don't go far enough? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 188 Now, I want to get your thoughts on this today. Uh, but I want to speak to uh, Amanula uh, Desande, who's head of the Study of Religions and Senior Lecturer in Contemporary Islam at UCC. And he joins me on the line. And most likely, I've pronounced his name wrong. And I'm sorry if I did in the first place. Amanula, how are you doing? Good afternoon. It's fine. I've been called many names. I just, I just accept it now. Oh, you, but you shouldn't <laughs> just accept it because people call me Neil and I don't accept it. How exactly do you, do you pronounce your name? And I do apologise. You know, I, I get really uh, self-conscious when somebody asks me that because the Arabic would be Amanullah, but when I, I think I kind of like, uh, I don't know, I Glaswegianize it. So I'm <laughs> like, Amanullah, I kind of say it all Anyway, just call me a man. <laughs> All right, okay. That's fair enough, and that suits me perfectly. Aman, these, this legislation, we've already had incitement to hatred, and we have the act there currently at the moment. Yes, we may need to extend it because we live in a modern world where we're progressing constantly all the time, and it's a changing world. But in saying that, people will say that these laws go too far. Say, for example, in relation to gender. Um, you know, we see on Twitter or we see on Facebook that somebody says, okay, you want to be a woman, that's fine, but I don't have to accept it and I don't accept you're a woman. Is that not just an opinion and not a figure of speech or, 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 or of hate? So, so, so I think the, the key in all of this is the, the kind of the, the line that it's actually prejudiced towards individuals. And if we can just kind of back up a little bit and kind of try to to, to understand that from the perspective of somebody who's on the receiving end of some of hate crime. So I think we would all agree 
that, you know, in principle we need to protect people from prejudice and hate crime. But we also know, if we were to look at it from an individual perspective, when somebody receives, you know, something that is, that is prejudice to them, it's really damaging and oppressive. So we should try to place ourselves into the shoes, and it's very hard to do that, in the shoes of those victims. But who do, yeah, but who decides when we bring in legislation? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the last thing anybody wants is a criminal conviction. So when we bring in legislation, who decides in a court of law what is considered to be hate? Because I says it to, it to you in relation to many of the aspects of this. I mean, look, there is clear hate speech. Mm-hmm. We all know that, okay. Particularly if somebody's inciting hatred or inciting violence against another person or or a minority. But certainly, somebody's opinion could be deemed to be hate by a person who is in a minority and who is offended by what they said. But that not, might not necessarily be actually hate speech. Yeah, but I'm, I'm try- I'm, I, I keep going back to this because I think it's really important. It's to see it from the perspective of the individual. So, for example, one of the reasons why this is such an important step forward is that hate crime really affects individuals. For example, it makes some people feel that they're not Irish. It makes them feel unsafe. It makes them feel undervalued. And what it does is for the individual, it affects their mental and physical well-being. And so surely we want everyone to thrive in Ireland. So this is why I think this legislation, it actually advances the prohibition of incitement to hatred act 1989. It's a real major step forward, I think, in safeguarding everyone's liberty and freedom. What's key is that it, it should, and I think the spirit of this legislation is, that it's going to allow everybody to flourish differently but equally. Now, what you're saying is, on the issue of opinion, that is, that is I think that's very important. I've been following the, uh, the Scotland past, the, the hate crime legislation. I've been following a lot of the debates and discussions there, and a lot of what you've just said has come up there is this going to stop me from you know being able to say what i want to say i'm a muslim i'm aware of you know people critiquing islam but there's a difference there in trying to 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 understand you know a healthy critique or a critique or a question which is going to but, be but again to you're deciding what mm-hmm. you believe is a healthy critique for example if i wanted to critique islam and i'm not i don't particularly want to but yeah. if i did want to yeah. and i wanted to critique an interpretation of the quran or something yeah. like that and you didn't agree and found that grossly offensive you found my critique grossly offensive that could consider considered to be hate crimes yeah and so that that kind of goes to how are we how are we going to define this legislation and its interpretation and that i'm going to leave in the hands of uh, you know the, the the legal system who i'm i'm sure they will but i really do believe that the conversations that that we're having just now are really important let me give you one example when because I, I, I don't want to see those conversations stifled or censored because that's what happened when we had the blasphemy laws in this country in relation to religion which right. we only abolished and essentially what we're doing is bringing in new blasphemy laws to protect other minorities right and so so one example which i found was was quite funny but also quite serious was that in Scotland, they said, opponents argued that comedians could potentially be prosecuted for making a joke about, you know, that joke of Scotsman and Englishman and Irishman walking into a bar. Mm, mm. Now, what I'd like to think on that is, I, to, to, for me, to have enough faith in our criminal justice system that it would be able to determine what offences of incitement are based on intent and recklessness. Okay, now, wait, wait. I think that's re- that is key. 
how do we decide on that? And that is going to require a lot of discussion and debate amongst us because it can, like you said, it can go in many, many different directions. But going back to the individual who's on the receiving end of hate, and I think this is becoming a, a, a major issue because we know that, you know, there's a catalogue of cases in Ireland which can be on, 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 on against minorities. You know, I was just speaking this morning um, um, with somebody who's talking about anti-traveller hate. I mean, that's, it, all of these social inequalities are connected. So it's quite interesting to see that this brings together so many different you know, minorities in, okay. in our society. Okay. Well, Amanda, stay there with me just for a second because I know you are pushed for time and I'm going to let you go in five minutes because I know you have to go in five minutes. But before you do go, I do want to bring in as well John McGurk, who's the editor of, editor of Grip.ie. John, you've heard a man uh, basically saying we need legislation like this to protect the victims of hate speech, people who are constantly being marginalised, people who don't feel Irish, for example, because somebody refers to them as a foreigner or whatever it happens to be. Do you believe this, ne- this legislation is necessary, John? No, I don't. I think it is. I, I don't even think, normally when there's bad legislation, you know, you'd say it's well-intentioned bad legislation. I don't even think this is well-intentioned legislation. I think it is legislation that is very bad being brought in for the worst of intentions. I, I mean, the very, but what the is, very, the inten- is the intention not to protect people? The very clear intention here is to criminalise some words and, and more, 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 more concerningly, some thoughts. If you think about what a hate crime is, and in the legislation, it says a hate crime is a crime that is aggravated by hateful motives. So if, for example, somebody went and wrote racist graffiti on the wall of a mosque, let's say, or racist graffiti on the side of a, side of a church, yeah. that is very clear. You can discern what that person's motives are. I mean, they've written down their motives. But if somebody attacks somebody on the street with a baseball bat, let's say they attack a, an immigrant taxi driver or rob an immigrant taxi driver, and they're charged with a hate crime. It's already criminal to rob somebody who is a, a taxi driver. But, uh, but, but, as, a man, the, the but issue, as a man pointed out that a judge, you know, she referred to obviously the, the comedian with the Paddy Englishman, Irishman, Scotsman joke, that a judge would be, they believe the, the judge would have the common sense to establish that that was assault and not a hate crime. Well, no, but that, that's not what the legislation actually says because the, the, the prosecutor can bring an additional aggravating factor of this crime was motivated by hate which is the state essentially looking into somebody's head and saying, I know what you were thinking when you did that and your thoughts were criminal. Okay, well, well, just let let him on. I'm going to talk to you more, John, but I want a man just to respond to that because I know she has to go in a second. So, a man, just in relation to that, that these, you know, if you have an assault, for example, on somebody who happens to be an immigrant or happens to be a traveller or happens to be gay, that you would have an aggravated uh, assault based on the fact that they're doing it because of they're a part of a minority. It's, I think it's complicated, but what, the, what the, the core of this legislation, which I think is essential, is the principle is of protecting people from prejudice. And we know that there is prejudice against individuals and it leaves individuals feeling damaged and oppressed. And we need to, to legislate in order to protect them. And I think this is going to be, um, it's, it's something that's positive and it's helpful. All of these discussions are important. I don't think anybody needs to, to be felt that, you know, they, they don't have the freedom to say. And these deliberations, I believe, will, will make us stronger. But there are far too many individuals in society who feel oppressed, who feel that they are on the receiving end of hate for all sorts of different reasons. It's about joining the dots. It's about, and I, I also think 
the, the, the bigger picture is it's actually drawing us closer to one another. It's making us break down the way in which we have been defined into different and separate boxes. It's bringing us together against homophobia. It's bringing us together against Islamophobia. It's bringing us together against racism. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, and, and by the way... Yeah, yeah, sorry, John. Go ahead, just very quickly. No, no, this idea that this law is, 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 is getting rid of prejudice. You can't legislate away prejudice. I mean, why don't we bring in a law that abolishes poverty in the morning? This is not a law that will, will suddenly overnight abolish or deal with all these issues. And in fairness, I know a man is claiming that. But there's this idea... At the, at the root of this, that if we just criminalise the bad thing, the bad thing will go away. And what, what's happening here very clearly, and you can see it international, is that this is a, a bad law that is being used to impose a political, and I say that unapologetically, a political agenda, whereby certain groups cannot be criticised while other groups can be criticised. For example, I promise you it will be a million years before a socialist politician who describes Catholic priests as paedophile apologist will be brought up on hate crime legislation in this country because this this law is not designed to protect everybody equally and a man admits that she says it's about protecting some marginalized groups but it's not about protecting everybody equally it is about putting a ring fence around certain people and certain groups that she thinks deserve extra political protection. Okay, well, well, on, well, okay. on that point, John, I want you to stay with me because I know a man has to go, but if you want to answer that one question, a man, before you go, that this is political and it's about giving, it's overprotecting certain groups, but not all groups. Uh, set the politics aside. I just, I just want everybody to just take a step back and to think what it must feel like for somebody on the receiving end, and let me just give one example of racism. I, I want to feel, I've been on the receiving end of racism. I have a lot of privilege as somebody who teaches at the university. My office is now alarmed. I have an alarm in my office. You know, so, so put that aside. I worry about the individual on the street who, can't, who doesn't have the privilege to come on your show and speak with a Glaswegian accent, who maybe has broken English, etc., etc. I worry for that individual. So everything and anything that can support and strengthen every single individual that walks in our street, I think that's a good thing. Yes, there's going to be, you know, a lot of criticism of a legislation. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is ever perfect. But what we want to do, let's set aside the politics here and let's think about the marginalized, the individuals who have been on the receiving end of this hate. We must do something to deter. Deterrence is key. If you can detect, the reason why we have, you know, I'm not a legal expert, but you have, you know, um, driving, uh, etc. You know, you, you don't go through a red light because, you know, you know what the consequences of that will be. I think, I, with the greatest respect, I believe that's not a good analogy. I think there's a huge difference. Sorry, if you can deter somebody from doing a crime, stop them. From actually but wait, the, the, the difference is when somebody goes through a red light, we know they've gone through a red light. The difference I, with this is, is, is it's open to interpretation. Man, I know you have to go because you have a meeting and I appreciate you coming on the air. Amanda Sunday, thank you very much thank indeed very for much taking for part that. in the conversation. John, just getting back to the points that were raised by a man. I mean, she used the, or he used the analogy there of a red light. Going through a red light, we know somebody's gone through a red light. That crime is clearly defined by the fact that they went through the red light. Do you believe this is open to interpretation? Well, she gave the game away there at the end. She didn't mean to give the game away, but she used a phrase repeatedly. She said, deterrence is key. Now, what is she seeking to deter? She's seeking to deter, in her own words, racism and abuse and homophobia and all those other things, which of course we should wish to to deter. But the purpose of this law is to put in place a chilling effect 
to try and make people think, maybe I shouldn't write that, maybe I shouldn't say that, maybe I shouldn't express my opinion in a particular way, in case I am punished by law and sent to prison for saying, thinking, or writing that. That's what she's saying. I, I, but, but, okay, so do you, do you think, John, this is going on? We've seen cases in the United Kingdom and Canada, for example, uh, particularly as well, closer to us, United Kingdom, where literally police have called to people's doors over things they've put up on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it happens to be. Is that the road you believe this is going down, where people will say, well, I didn't express hate. I just gave my opinion about, say, a transgender or I gave my opinion it, it, about it, homosexuality it, or whatever it is. It's worse than that, Lyle, because there's a class-based element to this. But if you just give me one second, I want, to, I, want to, I want to give you this example. Let's say a politician, let's say a government politician, let's say a member of the cabinet, we won't mention any names, were to put out a leaflet to their constituents saying, I do not believe your local area is suitable for travel or housing. Let's imagine that a politician did that. Now, they would say, that is not hate speech. That is just me advocating on behalf of my constituents. Now, I would say, Niall, that you and I and our listeners are all grown up enough to know exactly what that politician is saying to their constituents. Yeah, not so in my back garden, yeah. yeah. Now, now, that politician, I don't believe, would be charged with hate speech under this law. Now, let's imagine some poor fool of a constituent who isn't particularly well-educated, who, who doesn't know the correct middle-class way to express these prejudices just says on Facebook, I agree with Minister X, I don't want travellers in my backyard. Which one of those two people is going to be charged with a hate crime for essentially expressing... Exactly the, the same exact, exactly the exact opinion. Same. Yeah, it, this is entirely class-based. The people who advocate for this are in the universities and they're in, the, in politics and they're in the NGOs and they all know the right way to speak. I mean, my, I, I'm not going to disagree completely with you, John, because my fear is I only posted a story there recently. I think actually Gripp.ie might have actually had the story. I might have retweeted it from you guys. But um, it was in relation to a man in Canada who was jailed for using the wrong pronoun for his own son. Yeah. Uh, his own son was going to gender reassignment. He didn't agree with it. And the courts told him that he must refer to his own son as his daughter. And he refused to do that on the grounds that he didn't believe in it, which is, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, is his choice, as long as he doesn't incite any hatred against the child or do any damage or hurt the child. Uh, but he didn't agree with it. And he referred to his, to his son as his son. And uh, unfortunately, he was sent to jail. He was arrested and sent to jail. Is, is that the fear that you have, that that's how far this would go? I mean, if you listen to what your previous guest, Amanda, said, she said this was about protecting people from homophobia and racism. And she didn't say transphobia, but we can assume that transphobia is included there. Now, well, well, the law, well, the law clearly states that sexual orientation, yeah. gender, or disability, or gen- it also says gender expression. Under the Canadian law, um, which is it was very similar to this one. I mean, that father was guilty of engaging in transphobia by refusing to recognise that his son was now his daughter, and because he he didn't. Because his thoughts wouldn't allow him to accept that his son was a daughter, he was sent, sent to prison. And, and I heard your previous guest, I didn't hear all of what she said, but I heard her statement about protecting people and making everybody equal and giving everyone equal protections in society. It is clearly not. Because I'm sorry, the vast majority of people in Ireland, there's never been an opinion poll on it, but I'm willing to, to bet that the vast majority of people listening to this show at least have some private reservations whether they've ever made them public or not, about the idea that a 10-year-old boy can become a 10-year-old girl. Okay, but would, would, would you also agree that, or that since the, I suppose, the social media has become popular, particularly since 2010, where we have, you know, Twitter and Facebook, Twitter in particular, which can be quite toxic by times, do you also agree that sometimes people just go way too far? 
I mean, yeah. it's all well and good saying, you know, I don't believe there's more than two genders or I don't believe in this or I don't believe in that or I don't recognise that. But then people go further than that and, you know, start referring to people as freaks or names or whatever it is. Would you not agree that sometimes that we have to regulate or to some degree we have to be able to say, well, hold on a minute, there's a, there's a, there's a line you can cross? I, I think this is one of those, those areas that's, that's quite difficult and at the same time not particularly difficult. Clearly, um, there are examples where people cross the line. It's, it's important to note, Niall, that it is already illegal to incite violence. So if somebody went on and said, for example, kill all and then insert minority group there, that's already a crime. That's incitement of violence. That is targeting people. That's under existing Irish legislation. As for the rest of it, I think we have to be very careful about criminalising words. I think that's very important. Just because you and I would never say something. Um, I mean, you don't know when but, 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 Can I, can I ask you, John, by the way, in the last referendum, by the way, did you vote to abolish blasphemy? I, I think I was out of the country. Okay, well, okay. Well, let me ask you then. Would, would you? I would, I would have voted. I would have voted for it. Yes, okay. So, do you believe this is basically going back to blasphemy laws, but just protecting different minorities? It absolutely is. I mean, that's the that is the entire point of the exercise. I mean, and you heard a man say it's about protecting people and making them feel safe from mean words. And I mean, my big concern about this, as I said, is it will never be. It will never be equally applied across the board. You can bet your house that. If somebody goes on the internet and says, all priests are paedophiles, which, by the way, is something you read relatively regularly on Irish social media, that is clearly expressing hate. I don't think that is going to be prosecuted as a hate crime. I don't think anybody who's for this legislation believes that's going to be prosecuted as a hate crime. I think somebody who goes on and writes, all immigrants are spongers, which is equally untrue, by the way, I think they're at much greater risk of being prosecuted than the first person because I think the people who are behind this legislation and supporting it have a particular view of the world, have a particular view of what is racism, what isn't racism, and what is allowed to be said, isn't allowed to be said. I think the whole point of this, as we said, is deterrence, to make people stop and think before they say something that might get them into trouble. And that's why I think it is not, it's not okay. even well-intentioned legislation. It's very badly intended legislation. Okay, listen, thank you very much indeed. John McGurk, editor of Gripped.ie. Appreciate you coming on the air today. Uh, all right, loads and loads of people texting in already. Uh, absolutely not, it goes way too far. Somebody else says, uh, not as a member of a minority, uh, I completely agree with a man. I think we need legislation. I routinely go on social media and see my minority abused on a regular basis. It's quite offensive and quite hurtful. You know... I see people being offended and I see people being abused on social media and then I see those same people abusing and offending other people. So I think that works all the way around. Now, I understand you can't legislate for everything because if you do, I think we'll all end up in jail. There's very few of us out there have never had thoughts, for example, uh, that wouldn't be deemed under this legislation uh, to be illegal if you put them into print. And I think if we start going down this road, I'm in agreement with John that it is essentially thought police and it's policing people's opinions because it's open to interpretation. And John is right in saying that absolutely if somebody goes on and says, you know, kill all particular minority or, you know, oh, I want to beat up a particular minority, absolutely, of course they should be charged. That's inside, but that's already covered, by the way, under the legislation of incitement to hatred. 
But to go further than that and suggest that if a person who's part of a minority deems that what you've said is hatred towards them, that you can then be charged by their definition of what they believe is hatred, I think we're heading down a very rocky road of censorship. And I don't believe we live in a free society anymore. And I don't believe that we live in a society under the Constitution where we have freedom of expression. And I think it's a dangerous road, and I've seen it in other countries, and it doesn't work well, particularly when we look at, say, the blasphemy laws and the way they've been used in certain countries around the world, where people will be literally sentenced to death for blasphemy. Thankfully, we got rid of the blasphemy laws going back a couple of years ago uh, in a referendum. And now we essentially want to bring back in the blasphemy laws, but just to protect a different group of people. We wanted to protect Catholics before. We got rid of that. We believe they didn't need protection, that you should be able to have an opinion on Catholicism and Christianity and God and Jesus and whether you believe it exists or not. And now all of a sudden we're saying, well, hold on for a second. We got rid of those laws. Let's bring in new ones because there's other minorities out there that need protection. Not everybody needs it. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Do you agree with hate crimes? Maybe you are a member of a minority. If you're gay, trans, uh, you're a member of an immigrant living in Ireland, um, you're black, maybe you are a member of a minority in living in Ireland. Do you believe you need protection against hate speech? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Alright, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 Do you agree with this in your legislation? which we'll go through this year, by the way, 2021 bill, um, on hate crimes. Uh, Liam, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Liam? Well, Niall, how are you? Good. Liam, I mean, there is no doubt that we live in a world where many people are quite bitter, bigoted, racist. Um, do we need to bring in legislation to make people sure people don't put that in print? No, no, totally. I think it's completely ridiculous. I think it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fallacy. Like, the idea that if, if this legislation comes to pass, that people are suddenly going to be free from, you know, su- suffering and from pain from people's words, it's just it's complete nonsense to me. Would it not, as a man mentioned earlier on, would it not make people think twice before they would say, you know, say something about Islam or say something about gay people or say something about trans people or travellers or whatever it happens to be? Would it not make people think twice before they put those thoughts into words? I, I, no, I, I definitely, and I agree. Like I, I, I think it would, but I, I mean, just because that may be that, that may be the cause and effect, it doesn't doesn't necessarily like mean it's right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's it's the uh, the cure is worse than the ailment. I think that's um that's what's happening here. Do you, I, I do, you, do you fear the definition or how we define hate speech is where the rocky road? Exactly. That, that's, that's, that's the problem. I mean, it's subjective. Do you, you know? the, I mean, under this legislation, right, Liam, are, are you on social media? Oh, yes. Um, okay, right. Okay. okay, so uh, under this legislation, do you believe that you, if you look back over the last, say, two years, right, uh, on whatever social media you happen to be on, do you believe that you would be found guilty under this legislation of a hate crime? No, I don't. No. Personally, no. So some of the stuff that you may have written, which you believed at the time was your opinion, nothing. I'm not suggesting you suggested killing a minority or hate, you know, or burning a minority or painting stuff on walls or anything like that. But maybe some opinion that you might have held. Is, no, well, it, it, so is that the fear? You know what I mean? That, no, that an opinion you hold offends somebody else and in turn they report that as a hate crime. Well, that, I think that's the, that, that would be like the most extreme implementation of this, this legislation. I think my interpretation of hate speech is speech that incites violence. 
I don't. Well, think I think that's everybody's interpretation of exactly. it, but I, but I don't believe that's the interpretation of the law, because I think well, the interpretation the, of the law is going to be very different. You know, well, that's why that's why I disagree with it. I think that's why it's causing a bit of an uproar. You know, it's that's why it's dangerous, and you know, it's it it, it you know, it's I don't want to be too fatalist, but I mean, we could be going into nineteen eighty four territory. You know, George Orwell was. Well, well mind you, you, we look at the last 13 months, I think we're already there. But well, stay there for a second. <laughs> stay there, Liam. Let me go to John. John, uh, you're an Ireland's classic case. How are you doing, John? Hi, Niall. How are you doing? Just I uh, wanted to speak to you as a, as a practicing Catholic. I actually voted um, against blasphemy laws the last time to have them overturned. Okay. Because anyone who actually, you know, believes in, in what, they, what they are doing wouldn't let, uh, you know, insulting words affect them in any meaningful way. This, uh, this legislation goes much deeper. I agree very much with what Liam was saying there. Um, you cannot compel speech from people or certain speech. You cannot rule out speech. Unfortunately, in this side of the world, we don't have what they have in the United States, which is the First Amendment, which actually protects you and your ability to say... Well, you do, have, free, you you do have freedom of expression. It's not quite the same thing. Yeah, exactly. But in the, in the law, it doesn't receive the same regard as no. the First Amendment in the United States, which is a very serious thing. The Supreme Court has repeatedly overturned any attempts to try and affect uh, that because it's, I mean, it's so important. Unfortunately, here in this side of the world, we're langu- languishing in a situation where we don't have these protections. So see more and more attacks from these, what we're really what they are is uh, social Marxists, and they want to uh, basically prevent type that might allow uh, people of a nation to voice its opinion about... Uh, but they, their, argument, their, their argument is that your opinion is fine. We don't have an issue with your opinion. But when you go down the road of making defamatory remarks about a minority, um, or maybe your opinions may be offensive to a minority, that's what they will argue, that that in itself will be defined as hate speech. Well, for example, move, move your head slightly, John, because your line is breaking up a little bit there. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hope that wasn't offensive. Sorry. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think um, people, by and large, have problems with, for example, homosexuals or Muslims or, you know, the tra- trans people or, or all of these things. I think people have a problem with the movements themselves, which are Marxist. In so the, you're approach. talking about the political movement itself. Exactly. And you, exactly. And the, the movement is distinct. I mean, my, my own uncle is gay. He's quite openly gay. And he's a very, very uh, respected member of his uh, community and a keen member of the church as well, the Church of Ireland. Um, but people don't have a problem with that. It's the movement that people have a problem with. And they should, because these are Marxist movements. And it doesn't belong in this side of the world. Well, that's your view of it, but they would believe, as a community, you're referring to the LGBT community, that they, I suppose, it's power in numbers, and they believe that community and that political movement is important, and if it wasn't for that political movement, they wouldn't be allowed to get married in this country. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that, but what I would say... I'm assuming you voted no, by the way, in that referendum, did you? Uh, what was that? The, for the marriage equality? Marriage. Oh, I can't remember. No, I think I, I think I voted for that. Oh, okay. I can't, All right. I can't oh, sorry, that was a, okay. That was an assumption on my part because you said you were a practicing Catholic. Yeah. No. No. Um, what I would say is Ireland, you know, is is Ireland, and it's not some sort of a. It has a culture, is what I'm trying to say, and it's these kind of rules are trying to prevent the body culture 
from uh, voicing certain opinions about certain, you know, uh, uh, minorities, etc. That's the way I see it. It's just a preventative measure uh, to try and ensure what they uh, would like to see, I believe, which is a sort of a Marxist overthrow of uh, of all Western... And is, there, and is there any part of it that you agree with at all? We already have the Incitement to Hatred Act, actually, from 1989, I think it is. Um, and this is just an extension to that legislation, which is quite specific. Um, the, the legislation already protects people of race, colour, nationality, religion and ethnic background, including travel or ethnicity. Um, and that's covered under the equality laws as well, by the way. So, yeah. you, so you believe it's unnecessary then to, to clarify those laws and to extend those laws to also um, cover sexual orientation, gender uh, disability, gender expression, um, uh, gender identity and disability. Yeah, I, I do. Because I think the law is robust enough. I think it was uh, the other John McGurk. John McGurk, yeah. Yeah, I think he made a point that, um, you know, if somebody gets assaulted or beaten up or whatnot, like, you know, the the, the judge is going to say, yes, this is clearly assault. And the, and the person will get punished to the full extent. I'd like to ask her, uh, are there hate speech laws in her... In his, country? yeah. Say again? In his country, sorry. In his country. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd like to ask him that. Um yeah. Well, there, well, there are. I mean, if you look at many countries around the world, particularly in that region of the world, you would have hate crimes. When I say hate crimes, you have blasphemy laws where people literally get sentenced to death. <laughs> yes, and, and that's considered hate speech. So, I mean, isn't it funny if you go down that rabbit hole, uh, suddenly if you, I mean, God, goodness, Niall, the, the, the society we're living in now, I really don't have a lot of faith in uh, and I don't recognize it anymore. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, anything is possible. If you allow this to happen, uh, just watch it slide. You know, watch things slide as history goes on. It's okay. going to be ugly. All right, listen, I've got to take a break. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 087-188-0008. Um, our priorities are all wrong to somebody. Women's sports, women's prisons. Are we uh, to be barred from commenting on trans issues, for example, when discussing women's issues? Can anyone cite one single example where the curtailing of free speech has resulted in a positive, a positive societal shift? That's according to Richie. Okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 087 The exception of a man who obviously is in UCC and talks about this kind of stuff on a regular basis, and that's part of his job, um, I'm finding it very difficult to find anybody who agrees with this legislation. Now, maybe you've been a victim of hate crimes, or maybe you've been a victim of hate speech. I'd like to hear from you. I'll give your call priority. The number is 087 but as for Helen T's or Helen McEntee's Helen T Helen McEntee's legislation, and this is the new hate speech legislation, I'm finding it extremely difficult to find anybody who thinks it's a good idea. Most people believe that the legislation we currently have at the moment, which is incitement to hatred, is adequate. Because as John McGurk pointed out earlier on, if you go online and you incite hatred or violence or death against any minority or indeed anybody it don't have to be a minority, you are already in trouble. You already are down a rocky road of being charged with incitement to hatred. So all this essentially does is protects, it's a kind of double layer of protection, uh, particularly for, I suppose, the newer things in society, um, like sexual uh, or gender expression. So to give you an example, when ge- with gender expression or identity, for example, if you go online and say, I don't believe there's any more than two genders, male and female, that's my opinion. And you say, that's my opinion. 
technically speaking, somebody who recognizes or identifies as non-binary or as another gender, and we know from what we're being told, there's seemingly a hundred genders. Personally, I don't believe that. Maybe now I'm guilty of hate speech. Um, you indeed can be brought before a court and that person will claim that they what you said was hate speech because they were offended by it and felt hurt by it and felt threatened by your words. And that is the danger, people believe in this, that it will stifle free speech and freedom of expression. Now, I am asking people to be responsible for what they say. You need to be responsible for what you say. Andy, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Andy? Good afternoon, Niall. How's, uh, how's your day going? Uh, it's going on. Well, it's Friday, Andy. You know what I mean? So it's a good day. You know, I have the weekend to look forward to. It's a bit of time off. You know what I mean? I've been working yeah. hard this week. I'm a, I'm a lot on my place. Well, then, well, it's nice to be able to stop and recharge the batteries. Oh, it is, isn't it? You, you, you like to just sit down, put the feed up, you know, a biscuit and a cup of tea and watch the telly. Yes, well, I don't watch much television. I find it uh, uh, brainwashing. <laughs> now, um, you're, you're, very, you're getting very difficult to put, to, for someone to come on who agrees with this. Uh, no, I can't find like anybody. I, I Even looking through the, the texts and the WhatsApps here, and I have hundreds of them, I don't see anybody who thinks this is a good idea. And I, I maybe I'm missing out on something here. Well, uh, if, if you, I, I'm on Facebook and uh, and. Uh, I noticed on, on YouTube, and I noticed in the last uh, couple of years that our free speech has been curtailed. There's certain words and that that uh, you can be banned from, or some snowflake, as I call them, complains about them because they're hurted their feelings. And that other lady you had on first was talking about the, 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 the gentleman from UCC, yes. Yeah, the, 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 the people yeah. feeling marginalised. Just because you feel something doesn't actually make it true. And uh, what, what I found, what I found anyway, um, if uh, if I have memories and I put it up, uh, I could uh, what I put up uh, two or three year ago could actually get me banned uh, from. So Facebook so okay so yeah, well that was the question I asked Liam earlier on. So if you look back at what you've put up on Facebook or whatever it is that you're on on social media over the last two or three years. Could you say that anything in that may have been may now under current legislation may be misconstrued as being hate speech? Oh, d- definitely. Well, it's, it's, it's the way people take it up. Um, the last next month, I had a thirty-day ban because I actually called okay. Nigerian. You know what I mean? Because because you referred to somebody as Nigerian. Because, okay, well, okay, well, uh, well. No. <laughs> Okay, they they could argue that they weren't, and that's fine, and and that's what debate is all about. But and I understand the point you were making. Um, I, I don't think you said it was hatred or malice, did you? Oh, certainly not. PC is becoming into such a thing now; it's going to be transferred into law, and people who will interpret what you might, what you wrote in a certain way, that could be regarded as free speech, could be regarded, sorry, as hate speech. I think there's a, that's a very dangerous step that we're taking at the moment, Niall. All right. Well, look, Andy, you have a wonderful weekend, all right? Right. Take care, Niall. What are you going to do for the weekend, Andy? Are you going to take right. it easy? Oh, yeah, I will, though. Take <sighs> it easy, Niall. All right, Andy. See you then. Thank all you. right. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm looking at some of the texts coming in. And, you know, I, I suppose I, if I start reading them all out, you're going to basically see that nobody actually agrees with us. Um, you're all afraid to be dragged to the courts. If you don't do anything bad, there's nothing to be afraid of. Cop on. Well, look, there's somebody who 
if you want to come on the air and talk to me, you're welcome to. Um, but unfortunately, they hung up on us and we tried to ring them. Um, all the years feminists spent trying to achieve equality, etc., for women, and that they throw it all away by letting the trans women, stroke men, uh, take part in women's sports and beat records uh, set by bi- biological females. Well, I know that's a big debate in the United States at the moment in relation to, uh, obviously, trans women uh, competing in women's sports. And I know a lot of women's groups are very unhappy about that. And I know J.K. Rowling talked about it there more recently and was accused of being transphobic. Um, PC culture is a dress rehearsal for communism. If something works, you don't need to force it. Homogenous countries don't need hate speech laws. All right, loads and loads of people texting. And with the exception of that rude person there, uh, nobody actually agrees with the legislation. Um, And I find that really bizarre that we're bringing in legislation from what I can see that nobody um, that's texting in today agrees with. That doesn't essentially mean that nobody agrees with it. I'm sure there are some people that agree with it. And by the way, if you do, you can send us an email. I'll be happy to bring you and invite you on the air. Uh, By the way, it's nile.boylan at classichits.ie or nileboylan at classichits.ie. If there's ever anything you want to email us about, you can do that, okay? All you got to do is send us an email, a topic you want to raise on the show, whatever it happens to be. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.